In the almost 14 years since Evelyn Paradis became the executive director of ILGA Europe, it has grown to become the largest umbrella organisation for LGBTI activism in Europe and Central Asia. Over the last two years in particular, the team has expanded, alongside unprecedented growth in our work and funding to build the capacity of the LGBTI activist movement while at the same time giving voice to activist organisations at the highest decision-making levels, both in Brussels and nationally. My name is Brian Finnegan, and you're listening to The Frontline, ILGA Europe's LGBTI activism podcast. As Evelyn hands over the reins of leadership to our brand new executive director, Haber, I'm sitting down with them both to talk about how ILGA Europe has evolved as an organisation alongside the LGBTI movement and about what's coming down the line, both in terms of ILGA Europe's work and the needs of activists in the region at a time of great change. Evelyn, let's go back to when you first applied for the role of Executive Director. You had been working uh, as Advocacy Officer for the organisation at the time, and uh, do you remember what you put on your application for Executive Director um, about your feelings for ILGA Europe and what it could achieve? Well, you're you're bringing me down, you know, memory lane, Brian, because it's been quite a while um, since I applied from the role of director, from having been an advocacy person in Ilga Europe for a few years before that. If I think back, I have to be very honest, I didn't set out with a very, very clear, you know, objectives and goals for Ilga Europe. Um, but I think what I was very clear about back then were a few fundamental principles and values um, for Ilga Europe. At least that was the Ilga Europe that I had grown to know and love. I think there was a first thing which was about how I were seeing we were working with in the in the policy making advocacy world, how we were working really to build trusting relationships with policymakers, how we were also really at the core working a lot across civil society and how that was actually working because our messages were always about how you bring people on board, how you listen to where people are at and how you help them move forward. So that was very clear in my head as a trajectory for ILGA Europe. Obviously, very clear in my head that ILGA Europe had been and needed to continue to be about the activists and that our work needed to be based on the needs and the realities that we were hearing from them, uh, which was then a condition of our work had to be that we were always thinking about how that connection to the ground was nurtured and strong and that we remained really deeply connected. I think I was very strong on what I was hoping to be as a manager Um, And that was a lot coming from the person who had hired me in Ilgira, Patricia Prandeville. Um, I had experienced her so much as the kind of manager and leader that I'd been looking for in the world. And I was really hoping that I would be there for people, which is, you know, creating that space where people feel listened to, valued, seen, that it was collaboration that there was as much trust as possible. I have to say it's probably the area where I've learned (laughs) the most over the years, sometimes the hard way. I've learned, yeah, so much about how challenging it is to be 
a manager. Um, and I think the last point that was very clear was actually that is a piece I remember about my application form was the values of what we were calling back then. We were using the terms diversity um, and inclusion, but it was that piece of how as an organization we were about, of course, first and foremost, the human rights of LGBTI people, but we had to be standing for the rights of others as well who experience oppression and discrimination and how we were connecting to that work. And so I remember that in my application, there was a home assignment and my home assignment was about my vision for a strategy of where Europe could continue to grow at being a more inclusive organization and to integrate that in our practices, in our programs, in our advocacy. That was certainly a long journey and it continues to be a journey, but that was very core for me uh, back then. You talked there about learning about being a manager of people and um, how you grew yourself in that area. But let's talk about your own personal growth and uh, the growth of ILGA Europe as it evolved over the 13 years when you were executive director. Uh, let me start with ILGA Europe. <laughs> um, I think it's quite astonishing to think back um, uh, about ILGA Europe, what it was like in 2010 when I started as director and what it is now. <clears throat> of course, there's a big growth in terms of actual numbers. So back then there was 10 of us in the team. Now there's 25. I'll let Haber speak about the budget, <laughs> the amount of resources that we actually have by now which is really precious because that's considerably increased our ability to really support the movement and to be the leaders that we want to be in policy field and, and in the building partnerships. So that's been a huge growth. But I think in parallel to that is the growth and the depth, mostly the depth of our thinking, the depth of how we do the work, certainly the growth of the movement itself. I don't have the figures of how many members there were uh, when I started, but it's not just about numbers. It's the it's the diversity of groups now that exist across the region, from the more well-resourced and established organizations to a growing and rapidly growing number of smaller initiatives that work more with the communities that have been traditionally less present and visible. So those are the exciting bits. But the growth of Europe has been also the, as I said, the, the depth of the work, the thinking, the how we make sure that all of our work is really deeply interconnected, that the what we do, you know, from a political uh, area connects to what we're doing with members and how all of this learning is brought back in the team. So I think that's been the really exciting piece all these years. Um, my own personal growth, whew, it's been huge. <laughs> um, it's been huge because I have been given so many opportunities to learn, starting with the team the people that, you know, have been working with day in, day out all these years who have challenged me, and rightfully so. So they've made me, hopefully, a better manager every year. The board that has taught me how to, what it means to truly mean to be accountable to others, and certainly the members and the activists. I think I'm just forever grateful for all the learning about what it's what it's really like to be an activist out there, to change, to stand your ground. I've learned an awful lot 
on the realities that are very different from mine and how to actually be an ally. I did a lot of things not in the right way for a long time. I probably still do, but I hope that I continue to learn how to show up for people whose realities are, you know, in many ways harsher than mine and that I continue to play my part there. I don't think Europe has changed that much in terms of how we show up for others in the sense that the deep care for activists, for organization, the desire to be not only expressing support, but showing and being there to support, for me, has always been there. I think we've expanded our understanding of who we could and should be supporting. That, that was a lot narrower 10 years ago. And through our collective learning and understanding and challenging ourselves, we've just realized who we were not reaching out to, who we were leaving behind. And that has changed. I think it's been unavoidable with the growth of the movement and the growth of Ilga Europe that perhaps our ability to be closely connected to some activists has been harder because after all, there is only 25 of us here in the staff for more than 700 organizations. So perhaps some of the closeness that we were able to have with some organizations and some groups more than a decade ago is hard to continue and to keep up. But I, I think it compensates with we have more means to bring more people along to be showing that support. So maybe the support doesn't come the same way directly from Ilga Europe, but I think the commitment to finding ways for that support, solidarity, and sense of you're not alone is still felt. However, as Evelyn was saying there, Ilga Europe's budget has grown significantly over the years. You've been the financial director for the past five years and uh, you're moving into the executive director role now. But with your financial director head on, what has the growth meant to Ilga Europe and to our members? I guess I joined Ilga Europe at an interesting moment in time when a lot was also changing internally. We were really turning a corner when it comes to our financial situation as well. In the previous years, there were some difficulties, especially around our reserves, our flexibility of the budget, and how we could use it in more creative or in more innovative ways. And I think the moment when I joined was when we started thinking more proactively um, and systemically about budget growth. Um, so in these past five years, yes, the budget doubled. The regranting portion of the budget tripled at least, if not more. We have managed to build more and stronger relationships and this well-earned trust with funders, which then in turn allowed us to do more things with restricted money. And Evelyn was talking a lot about reaching out to communities where we traditionally weren't able to be as much in touch or um, to those who are just traditionally underrepresented. This flexible money allowed us to actually take more risks and reach out more and actually stop leaving people behind or leave people behind less. Um, COVID changed a lot. It geared our thinking towards how do we engage on socioeconomic justice. And we think, and when we think about socioeconomic justice, that is deeply rooted in money and precarity and who has it and who has access to it. 
we have always historically seen our role as moving more money into the movement from diverse pools of funding and funders. And that became even more important in these five years. Then the full-scale invasion of Ukraine came, which yet again was another challenging moment from a finance director perspective, because you suddenly need to mobilize and move money in ways that you have not been doing before. Think about sanctions, think about security in new ways. Um, it was a very interesting and challenging period of time during which we've learned a lot, but also expanded and diversified the ways in which we do work and in which we connect to the movement on, on resourcing it. Evelyn, one of the main pieces of work you're finalizing as you leave is our strategic framework uh, for the next five years. Can you give me a summary of how our focus is evolving? Um, well, the, the focus is evolving in the strategic framework in the following way. It is indeed a bit of a tricky question you're asking, Brian, in terms of summarizing it. I think um, the approach that Europe has had for the past five years was to really look at the building blocks of what you know we need to have in society for our overall vision to be to be accomplished. Um, hopefully, you know, in a not too distant future. And those five building blocks have been building empowered and inclusive communities, building strong and resilient movements, having legal and policy protection working on social inclusion and social acceptance and working on structural inequalities. And I think those key, those key building blocks are still there, ever more important than ever. But the changes that we're bringing in this new strategic framework and, and the exciting work that I'm leaving the wonderful team to do for the next five years will, you know, of course, continue to work as deeply as we have been for you know, almost two decades with supporting the movement, doing our advocacy work, and doing more in terms of thinking and building, you know, collective capacity in Europe to really work on getting deeper social acceptance and social inclusion. This feels like a, a core piece of work. You know, we've all said for years, we know laws and policies are important. They're important cornerstones especially in rule of law countries. But we know it's it's about implementation, but also it's about changing people's behaviors, changing people's hearts and mind. And in a context where there's growing, you know, opposition and, and trying to roll back on all that's been achieved, getting people on our side, basically, you know, across society, across sectors, that's going to be ever more present in Elgirup's work in the coming years. And then I think both Haber and I have been talking a lot about what we both, you know, hold so dear, which is the piece of looking at the many other ways that people are oppressed and discriminated and marginalized. So looking at the broader structural inequalities that mean that some LGBTI people are further left behind in society. So that will continue to be deeper and deeper work for ILGA Europe, especially bringing the thinking together for the whole movement. And I think by virtue of that, I th we're, we're going to re-engage more on what it means to build inclusive and healthy and resilient communities. So that's the really exciting work. I've been saying it to the team um, that is coming ahead. And, and I really look forward to reading about it in the, in the next little while. Exciting times and a lot of work ahead, Haber. 
But first, I'd like to go back to how you became connected to ILGA Europe, uh, because you're an executive director who has come directly from the membership, which is an interesting moment in ILGA Europe's history. So tell us how your first, so tell us how your relationship with ILGA Europe first began. We've heard a lot about the connection ILGA Europe has had with its members over a decade ago, and I was fortunate enough to be working for one of those members who were really in close contact with, with ILGA Europe. At the time, I worked for Campaign Against Homophobia, or KPH, in Poland. And ILGA Europe has been instrumental in KPH's growth and development. Um, the organization was founded as the first advocacy organization in the country at a time just before the accession to the EU. And ILGA Europe really helped KPH navigate that process and build on the opportunities that joining the EU um, opened up for, for LGBT communities at the time. But beyond that, it was really helpful, really instrumental again in building the internal capacity really across different fields of work, building the branches, local branches of the organization in different cities across the country in learning on financial management, in learning on community organizing, on fundraising, on advocacy, and on documentation, and all those core elements of organizational work that organizations all across the region in different configurations to some extent need to have or be delivering. And it's very hard to learn if you've never done something before. And it was crucial to have a partner like ILGA Europe who in a very context-conscious way, in a non-imposing way, was guiding you and was helping you. Um, I joined many trainings. I uh, started meeting the staff, and I, start, I met Evelyn. I was extremely impressed, obviously. And at some point, I felt that I would like to be more closely connected, and I would like to maybe give something back. So I ran for the board of ILGA Europe, and I was elected. Um, and then the immersion just intensified and the learning as well intensified. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Evelyn at the beginning. What did you put on your application form for uh, the executive director position about your feelings for ILGA Europe and what it can achieve? I think after nine years of being involved with, as, as, we, say, as we say, with my heart and mind in ILGA Europe, I was pretty clear about my feelings, but I think a few points I I was making consistently through the application form and through the recruitment process is those aspects of ILGA Europe's work that I hold dear and have always held dear, and that really make me believe that this is an amazing place to do work and an amazing organization to lead. And those are things around our rootedness in the movement around how we hold ourselves accountable to people within the movement and outside, around how we value collective thinking and collective perspectives and diverse perspectives over you know, those voices that are loud and popular, and we can tell the difference. ILGA Europe is an organization that understands the politics of the movement, the politics of the society, because it is so rooted in, in our membership. It's an organization that can analyze 
information and draw conclusions in a way that allows to build effective strategies and strategies that are applicable in different ways to the to this diverse spectrum of members and organizations we serve ranging from those you know slightly more established with staff members with offices to those that are a group of volunteers who organize their communities and support their communities this diversity of needs we are able to consciously cater to and that this diversity of organizations we are able to build a connection with that then feeds into our strategy means that our work truly can be comprehensive uh, and it can be more sustainable because we see ourselves as part of a bigger ecosystem and yeah we're not doing this work alone there's 700 of us there are allies it's not just the team of 25 people and it's wonderful to know that you are such a strong and powerful and and also kind and conscious and self-aware network that that that's really really motivating a really strong network at a really interesting time in the world a time of flux some would say there are new developments every single day and a lot of focus on lgbti people often for the wrong reasons as you take over the role haber what are your thoughts about the future what's coming down the line and how we're going to tackle it this links again to to us being a network we are in the coming years going to invest more in testing and trying and learning to way, new ways to reach people to build alliances and to build that true solidarity within the movement and around the movement um we will continue to be self-reflective and self-aware and you know critical towards the way we do things because we cannot build true solidarity and alliances if we are not changing ourselves and we we are not adapting to times um you said that we live in times of a flux and turbulent times we often use this phrase actually in 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 the way we speak about the reality um the last 5 years have been a testament to the fact how adaptable ilga europe is and how it is able to reshape and restructure our work to whatever is coming while at the same time retaining a clear purpose and a clear definition of our role and i think that will continue to be extremely important in this these coming years of change next year we have european parliament elections we will have a new commission there are other elections happening across the region and around the region that are impacting us it's not a very positive perspective let's say we know there will be backlash we know lgbti people will continue to be scapegoated for various reasons and in various contexts but ilga europe has never been stronger and has never been in a better position to adapt change and to respond to this and in the end i believe we will achieve better protections for ourselves and our organizing and we will achieve deeply rooted social acceptance and inclusion and when i say we it's not only going to be lgbti people but this broader spectrum of of groups of movements of underrepresented traditionally communities that will be coming together to to build fairer and more just societies it's a big job and a big moment in your life tell me how do you feel personally about coming europe's executive director honored privileged of course a little bit scared 
but also extremely lucky because I'm inheriting something that Evelyn and Patricia built in such a beautiful way. Um, I am inheriting a team of people who are deeply passionate and deeply devoted. And frankly, I still remember this from my early days at ILGA Europe. Um, when I initially started encountering staff members of ILGA Europe, I saw they are extremely smart, extremely strategic. They carry out an immense amount of work. It was frankly quite intimidating. This continues to be true. Um, and there is nothing more an executive director could ask for than a team of over 20 people who clearly know what needs to be done and are so committed to doing it in the best way possible. Evelyn, as you get ready to leave, and we sadly have to say farewell to you, can you tell me what you feel your legacy is with Ilga Europe? Um, that's a very hard question um, because... I have never ever felt that whatever I did brought to the organization was mine alone. It's always been with the many, many, many incredible people who have carried me, who have trusted me, who have challenged me. And, and I guess if there is a legacy to be had, I hope that just showing that that's how we've gone to the place that we're in which is by doing it with others. I hope that, um, that you know, that is part of my legacy. Um, I say I hope, but then just listening to Haver over there, I see it is there. I actually, it's not a hope. I see how alive that way of thinking and being in the world is. I have been saying this a lot. Um, I feel so calm and serene about my leaving because Ilga Europe is in such good hands. It will continue to strive and in the truest way and, and holding in line with its values, its, its way of believing it can and should be in the world. And so, yeah, I hope that what I have helped bring to light is how you can be a growing organization and a strong organization and that that growth and that strength comes from being connected, being rooted, holding true to your principles, you know, finding ways to bring people along, that it's not strength and growth do not come from, from you know, overtaking power over others, but power with others. That's not my legacy. I think what I hope is that, as I say, I've helped bring that to light because it was always there. And it definitely continues to be there. Thanks, Evelyn. It's been a great pleasure. And I know I'm speaking on behalf of all our staff, past and present, our members, our networks, all the allies we've worked with over the years. When I say thank you for all you've brought to the role, for your dedication and your clear headedness and always strong leadership. And Haber, we look forward to the next part of Ilga Europe's journey with your leadership. You have been listening to The Frontline, Ilke Europe's LGBTI activism podcast with me, Brian Finnegan. Please like, comment or share wherever you listen to your podcasts. The more we hear from you, the more activists will gain from our work at Ilke Europe to build a strong and resilient movement for positive change in LGBTI people's lives. Tune in next time when we'll be travelling further on the front lines of LGBTI activism in Europe and Central Asia. Bye for now.